Hello and welcome. You are listening to the teaching ministry of Coastal Oaks Church in Rockport, Texas. It is our hope that you will be encouraged and that your desire to follow Jesus Christ will be challenged and strengthened as you listen to this podcast. For more information on location, service times, and what to expect on your next visit, go to coastaloakschurch.org. Now grab your Bible and study along with us as you listen. Chapter 9, verses 15 through 16. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered the tabernacle and the tent of testimony. Now, in Exodus, it refers to it as the tent of meetings, but it's the same thing, the tent of testimonies or the tent of meetings, and it appeared like a fire above the tabernacle from evening until morning. It, it remained that way constantly. The cloud would cover it, appearing like a fire at night. Now, from these two verses, from from Exodus chapter 40 and and Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 through 16 there, what we notice is is that the the, the presence of God rested on the temple of God, and it was filled with the glory of God, so much so that that Moses was unable to enter the, the tent of meetings or the tent of testimony. Now, if you fast forward about 440 years to the, the completion of Solomon's temple, you will notice that the king stood fully assembled before the entire nation of Israel and prayed a prayer of dedication, dedicating and giving the temple back to God. For those of you that remember your, your Jewish history, you know that, that Solomon was the third king over the nation of Israel. First, you had King Saul, who, because he had no heart for the godly things, was, re- was rejected by God as king. And, and, and God had Samuel go anoint David to be the second king over the nation of Israel. And under David's leadership, Israel became a military powerhouse to be rivaled by none in the world at that time. And it was always David's dream to build a, a, a magnificent, glorious temple in Jerusalem, not only solidifying that as their capital city, but, but making that a central place of worship for the Jewish people. David wanted to take, uh, take the, the God out of the temporary dwelling place, the tent, and he wanted to give him a permanent home among his people. But because David was a man of war and because his hands were stained with blood, God told David, David, you're not going to build my temple, but your son Solomon will. And so when David dies, Solomon takes over as king over the nation of Israel. And Solomon takes all the research, research, all the plans, all the resources, and all the connections, and all the preparation that David had made, and he begins to construct a temple in Jerusalem for the nation of Israel. And at the completion of that construction, he has them build this porch outside the the temple gates. He makes all these sacrifices. He calls the entire nation of Israel together. And I want you to notice what happens after Solomon prays in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1 through 2. When Solomon finished praying, fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests were not able to enter 
the Lord's temple because the glory of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Now, now fast forward even further to the New Testament. In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul reminds us, he reminds you and me that we are the temples of God. And for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, the presence of God has rested on our lives. Through his grace, he has covered our sins and he fills us with the glory of his spirit. Those of you who remember the the day of Pentecost and, and where we're at in that narrative is Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's already died for all of humanity. He died for my sins. He died for your sins. He's already descended into the depths of hell and he's already raised victorious on the third day. He appeared to many, including his disciples. And he told them to stay in Jerusalem until I send the one who's going to come after me, till I send a sign, till I send you the comforter. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. I want you to see what happens on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent Rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in different languages as the Spirit gave them the ability for speech. You see, God filled the tabernacle all the way back in the wilderness. God filled Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. God's spirit filled the disciples at Pentecost. And guess what? God's spirit fills the life of every single believer today. For those of us that have put our faith in Christ, God's presence has rested on your life. Through his grace, he has 100% covered all your sins, past, present, and future. And he fills us with the glory of his spirit. Why? Because that's what God does. The presence of the Lord fills the temple of the Lord. That's what he does. Well, the second thing I want you to see with me this morning is I want you to see the practice of the people because this is key. This is the key to the whole thing in this passage. This is what uh, God wants us to take away from this, that the practice of the people. Look at verse uh, 9 through, uh, chapter 9, verse 17 through 22. Whenever the cloud was lifted up above the tent, the Israelites would set out. At the place where the cloud stopped, there the Israelites camped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at the Lord's command, they camped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they camped. The Israelites carried out the Lord's request and did not set out. Verse 20, sometimes the cloud remained over the tabernacle for only a few days. They would camp at the Lord's command, and they would set out at the Lord's command. Verse 21, 21, sometimes the cloud remained only 
from evening until morning. When the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would set out. Or if it remained a day and a night, they would move on only when the cloud was lifted. Verse 22, whether it was one day, a month, or longer, the Israelites carried out the Lord command and did not set out as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. But when it was lifted, they set out. You see, when, when Israel was in the wilderness, there was times when God had them sit, and there was times God had them move. But regardless, the practice of the people remains the same. Whether God had them stay or move, the practice of the people was obedience. Obedience. Six times in this ver- the, the, these verses, we find the phrase, at the Lord's command. Look back at verse 18, 20, and 23. Verse 18, at the Lord's command, the Israelites set out and did. And, and at the Lord's command, they, they camped. As long as the, the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they camped. Verse 20, sometimes the cloud remained over the tabernacle for only a few days. They would camp at the Lord's command and they would set out at the Lord's command. Verse 23, they camped at the Lord's command and they set out at the Lord's command. You see, in these verses, we find that the practice of the Israelite encampment was simply to obey the leadership of God in their lives. When God told them to move, they moved. When God told them to stay, they stayed. But regardless, their response was obedience. You see, when we find ourselves in in difficult or uncomfortable situations, we typically respond in one of three ways. Sometimes we want to ignore our problems and hope that they'll just magically go away on their own. Sometimes we want to run from our problems in an attempt to remove ourselves from the situation Altogether, while at other times we want to fight back against the past mistakes that are made. Whether those past mistakes are ours or someone else's, we want to push back. We want to fight against our, our problems in some attempt to try to fix things ourselves. But whether we ignore, run, or fight, what we discover is we don't do what we should do, which is stop. Pray, read God's word, and obey as he leads our lives. When God tells us to move, we should move. When God tells us to stay, we should stay. Because the practice of God's people should always be obedience. Obedience to his will obedience to his plans and his purposes, obedience to his word. Well, the third thing I want you to see with me this morning, I just simply want you to see two principles that we can learn from this passage, two things that I think we can take away from this. Look at verse 23. They camped at the Lord's command and they set out at the Lord's command. They carried out the Lord's request according to his commands through Moses. I think the first thing that, the first principle, the first thing that we can take from this passage is that God's leadership for our life is both visible 
and direct. It's visible and direct. It, it can be seen. Uh, when you look at these passages, there was no questions uh, where God was calling Israel to go or what God was calling them to do. Look back at verse 17 through 18. Whenever the cloud was lifted up above the tent, the Israelites would set out, and at the place where the cloud stopped, the Israelites camped. At the Lord's command, they set out, and at the Lord's command, they camped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they camped. You see, God has revealed to us today all things that we need to know to live this life on this side of glory. You want to know what the will of God for your life is, then I would encourage you to get into the Word of God because the Word of God and the will of God will always be in perfect alignment. You want to know what the will of God for your marriage is? Then get into the Word of God because the Word of God will define you for, for what a godly marriage looks like. You want to know how to be a godly husband? Get into the Word of God. The Word of God will teach you how to be a godly husband. You want to be a godly wife? Get into the Word of God. The Word of God will teach you how to be a godly wife. You want to know what the will of God in the life of your children are, no matter how old they are? Get into the word of God because the word of God will teach you how to be a godly parent and how to raise godly children. You want to know how to steward your resources, your time, and all that God has blessed you with? Get into the word of God. The word of God will teach you how to steward all things that you have. You want to know what the will of God for this country is? Get into the word of God. The word of God will tell you what the will of God for this country is. You see, through the word of God, God's leadership for our life is both visible and direct. When we get into the word of God and we study the word of God, there is no questions, there is no doubt as to where we are to go and what he is calling us to do both as a church and as the individual believers who make up this church. You wanna know what the will of God is, get in to the word of God because the word of God and the will of God are always, always in perfect alignment. You see, the word of God is black and white. It's both visible and direct. And I think the second principle that we can take from this passage is that God leads those who are doing his work. Look back at verse 23. They carried out the Lord's request according to his command through Moses. We see in the book of Numbers that that the work of God was to get Israel out of slavery and away from Egypt and into the promised land and into freedom. And we know that the work of God today involves drawing all people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, and every language into his kingdom. And he wants to use you and me in that process. He wants to use this church in that process. And this brings us back to our central question for the morning. How should we respond when God wants to reroute or redirect our lives according to his will, his plan, and his purposes, especially when that's in a different direction than what we saw our lives heading? Our response should always be obedience as we follow God's leadership for our lives. When God tells us to move, we should move. When God tells us to stay, we should stay. So my encouragement for you today, both as a church and as the 
the people who make up this local church is to simply let God guide and lead your steps. As a church, you're about to recalculate as you begin to search for a new senior pastor. My encouragement to you today is let God lead and guide your steps. When he tells you to move, you move. When he tells you to stay, stay. For some of you, letting God lead and guide your steps, that may mean responding to Christ in salvation. Maybe you've heard the Holy Spirit call you for many years. Maybe it's only been a couple days. Maybe you've put it off. Maybe you've ignored it. Maybe you have, have uh, resisted it. My encouragement today is to don't. Today is the day of salvation, and there's no better time, and there's no better place than today to respond to Christ and salvation. There will be a staff member here in a, in a few moments that would love to receive you and, and talk to you about that. Maybe following God's steps and letting him guide you means following in believers' Baptism, maybe you've been saved for some time, but you've just never accept, you've just never taken that first step of obedience to be baptized. I would encourage you, come talk to the staff. They would love to talk to you about what baptism is and what that means and what that looks like. Maybe for you today, it means joining in church membership. Maybe you've been attending here for some time. Maybe you've been bouncing around from place to place and you've just never set down roots. I can't think of a better place for you to set down roots than to set down roots right here at Coastal Oaks. But whether God is calling you to respond, to follow, or join, my hope is is that you would come to the altar today because the church and God stands ready to receive you, not in condemnation, but in love, not with judgment, but with grace. So my encouragement to you today is to come to the altar as you let God lead, guide, and direct all your steps in life, both as a church and both as the individual believers who make up this church. Let's pray.